two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. Hey, FKTC crew, we are back for the 31st installment of the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. Laurel, I am disappointed because chaos reigns supreme in a dominating way. Masvidal had it in the fourth round, but we get, but all, what now? Excuse me. We get to hear Covington talk all week long. Boo. I don't. I muted him. <laughs> I like muted the words Colby Covington. Nice. So I've been living. He's not been living rent free in my head. I was just thinking about uh, saying today living rent free in someone's head. <laughs> um, as I try to go through my cords, hold on one second. Uh, a lot of cord there. I there is a there is a lot of cords here. What's going uh, on? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Now we're good. Um, sure. I guess I guess this was a good week to take a break from Twitter. Yeah. So if you're all wondering where I am, I'll be back on Sunday, but I need a break. Well, the Russell Wilson news was made my week, made my that, Twitter week. That is true. Um, even though I don't have, even though I don't have my Twitter right now, uh-huh. I did I do have other ways of finding my news and like literally like the second it happens, I got a notification on my app. I was at work and I'm like, way, no way, no way. So it was nice. Very nice. Because you've kind of had a tough week. I had a very extremely unpleasant Tuesday and we needed that good news. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. The best news is the good news. Right. If I'm exactly. saying that. Right. Yeah. Because now our football team is no longer in quarterback purgatory. We finally got our poop in a group. We did. <laughs> <laughs> that we did. At least the Broncos did. At yeah, least the, the Broncos, Broncos did. Um, but as as we accustomed do, we will recap UFC 272. Uh-huh. Again, I feel uh, feel bad for Jordan because I mean I'm trying to remember what he said last week. Like, like was this going to be more devastating than the Usman loss, or is it just because he didn't get knocked out? I don't know. I, feel, I just feel bad for it. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, 
Jorge is, he is Jorge's biggest fan. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought of him first. I didn't even think about the loss. Yep. Just, uh, I was like, oh shoot, Jordan's going to be disappointed. Yeah. I haven't checked his Twitter though. So let's see how, how he did after that. But I assume he's not, well, he's probably better now, especially with the Russell Wilson news, but. Yeah. But. I haven't checked in. I'm a poor follow-up co-host. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm poor about it. I don't, you know, I get distracted. I have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good at doing anything on time when it involves a phone, like <laughs> back. I told my dad I would call back in five minutes and three days later, I finally remembered. I mean, this, I'm just oh, not. My. <laughs> I, set a, I set a calendar reminder for everything. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, your poor dad. He must be like, I hope nothing happened to my daughter. Oh no, he doesn't ever think that. Okay. He, his expectation is I'm hurt, <laughs> but okay. I currently am injury free. I have no elbow bruises. My toe is not broken anymore. Nice. I'm feeling, I'm feeling alive. I'm feeling good. That mean we're going to see some judo throws soon. Yeah. I mean, I probably just fucking jinx myself too. <laughs> and I'll break my leg next week, but Hey, oh God. As long as I make it to the NCAA tournaments in Indianapolis, I'm good. Yeah, it's very true. I'm March good. Madness is coming up, I think, a, a week from tomorrow as yeah. we're recording this. It's crazy. So crazy. I am prepared for the March Madness. Session one and session two, it's like 16 hours of basketball or something like that. Yeah. One, two, three, four five six yeah it's like 16 hours total of basketball so so when you get tickets for the march madness tournament do they let you watch every game that's there or do they give you a select number of games yeah so they're sold in sessions session one and session two you can buy individual game tickets but but my dad and i don't we go to all the games nice so my, this is, this is new information about me, but my goal in life, like one of the things that's on my bucket list is to see all division one teams, basketball teams play. Wow. In person. That's a lot of teams. That is a lot. And what I was most excited about this year well, there were a couple things I was excited about with Indianapolis, going to Indianapolis. One is I wouldn't have to see the Rock Chalk Jayhawks because I hate their fan base. <laughs> Not ever, all of them, of course, I'm lumping them, but I don't mm. hate all their fan base, but a lot of their fans are trash <laughs> that, that show up to these events. They, they mock, their, mock and boo their players. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, they're college kids. Yeah, because Kansas always expects greatness and it doesn't, like nine times out of 10, it never happens. I, I know, I know it. So, I mean, I can see why they're disappointed, but at the same time, it's, I'm, I'm not going to boo 
I'm not going to boo college kids. Uh-huh. It's just not my style. Um, so yeah, so that's the, the <sighs> first good thing about it. And the second thing, the second good thing about it is this year, I'm seeing all new teams with the exception of Baylor. Okay. And I have to check my records, but I don't think I've seen Kentucky. But maybe really? I have seen Kentucky. Okay. So it's mostly two new teams for me. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I was I was laughing because I was thinking of we say you don't boo college kids. I was just thinking of like a situation where someone says, oh, go back to high school or something like that. <laughs> I don't say that either. Yeah. I'm pretty quiet at a basketball game because I'm my favorite, favorite thing about it is just watching the plays evolve and mm-hmm. different skill sets of the players and how the coaches set it up because that's just fascinating to me. So I don't, uh, I, I root for both teams to lose and I root for one team to lose more. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of my style when I go to those things. Very interesting style there. Yeah. I, I'm not the kind of person that says, oh, today I'm a Gonzaga fan. You know, <laughs> I, I don't do that. No, I, I like these, these certain teams and I don't, I don't, uh, claim to be fandom for a day right i'm strict it's fair enough uh quick question before we get started though um well i guess we could wait until next week because we don't even know the full 68 teams yet do we Mm, no no okay we know the automatic qualifiers from each of their respective um conferences but yeah but there's still some bubble teams that, that can make it, you know? Right. Sooners are one of them actually. So that's going to be tough. Um, They have, they have their quarterfinal matchup tomorrow and they play Baylor won it all last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they played the defending national champions to start off their big 12 play. So that's not going to, if, yeah. I, I think if they if the Sooners find some way to win that game, they'll probably be it no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not – I don't foresee us beating Baylor. <laughs> That'll be tricky. Yeah. Anything can happen, though. That's why I love it. That's Any true. given day, all the teams are supposed to be peaking right now. Mm-hmm. And there's upsets and shocks, and that's why I never bet. Do you at least fill out a bracket though? Nope. You don't fill out a bracket. No, the one year that I did, which was a couple of years ago, I was just so angry about the bracket that I just never <laughs> did it again. <laughs> oh boy. I think I've been doing brackets since I was, geez, I think I was either a sophomore or a junior in high school. Well, part of the reason that I don't do it is I just be obsessive compulsive about the bracket. Right. And I just can't afford to spend that much time on a bracket. That makes sense. So I just fill one out and just see how well I do. Normally yeah. it's like sometimes I do good and sometimes I just don't do so hot. 
Yeah, I think if I had a broader array of sports channels and could watch all the games all the time, mm-hmm. I might do a bracket thing. But shoot, I did fantasy football one year and it just took over me. I just couldn't. <laughs> was terrible and I picked Broncos players and that didn't end up good it was just a clusterfuck of me losing a hundred dollars oh yes that's why I don't put money on fantasy football yeah like I'd rather just do it for free like I mean I do like a pick them where I just put I think like five ten bucks for the whole year and then that's all there is to it. like I could like I I enjoy fantasy football, but I could never like put money on it because I would be too invested in like trying to make everything perfect. So I win the pot. Like, I just don't, that's just too much pressure. Too much stress. In the one year that I did it, I got first pick. And so of course I had to pick Christian McCaffrey. Oh, and then like one game later, he was out for the season. (sighs) Oh man. I know, it just pissed me off. So, oh, I bet. Screw that. Yeah, probably <laughs> not worth going into. Probably not. But probably. now that you've all heard our football, basketball, various sports talk, um, we have to cover the main card of UFC 272. Which, actually, before we do, what did you think of the card itself? I. The card for me was probably a strong A minus. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, actually, yeah. The the card itself, if you if you look, I I really enjoyed the prelims of this card much more than the main card, and so that oh, yeah. that's why I'm giving it a strong A minus. That's understandable. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because the. Pre, the early prims and the early prims early prelims and the preliminaries were actually really solid especially yeah um yeah like i know we all discussed you me and jordan discussed like how some of these prelims should have been on the main card and mm-hmm. boom we were right yeah but i i um i don't know if you saw that but i tweeted out that one of the Joe Rogan actually brought that up during, Mm -hmm. during the prelims that some of these could have been main card fights, but to Joe's credit, which I think that he's, he's right here. He said, if, if those fights were on the main card, then most people wouldn't have gotten to see them. Like the most people got to see those good fights Mm-hmm. especially the straw weight fight for the women and then that Turner Malarkey fight which I had thought was going to be really good mm-hmm. was good and um you know he Joe's right if they had been on the main card not as many people would have gotten to see him so it really got the fighters names out there because no one wants to shell out the 80 bucks to buy it no way no I mean, I know there are some fans that do, but yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Like I was talking to Ron, who was on this podcast back in November. He's mm-hmm. like, man, like I remember when 
pay-per-views were like 55 bucks. I'm like, yeah, dude, that $55 is solid for five fights. Right. Um, but now that we're up to nearly 80, because I'm packing 80 bucks because it's 74 plus like when you add all taxes, it rounds up to about 80. I'm like, geez, dude, why? It's just, I think it's the UFC's way of reducing their costs in fighter payouts. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Probably. It's like, oh, we got to get money somewhere. Oh, let's charge the fans. And I think yeah. we would. I think yeah, we that bastard Dana White's not going to take it out of his paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't know if it was, I think it was you and I that went over it. I think there was a guest on there too. Like we factored in every pay-per-view, which is like there's 13. So if you mm -hmm. think $80 times 13, you're like looking at, geez, yeah. You know what? Let's look it up right now. So, so just one person, 1,040, right? Ooh, did, you, did you see that all in your head? Yeah. You Wow. Yeah. 1,040. <laughs> My God. That's impressive. I do math all the time. <laughs> I got to do a lot of math in my job. Yeah. So and anyway, so yeah, a thousand forty, and you think about how many people are buying a pay per view. Uh -huh. And then you factor in the like ESPN Plus subscription, which is I think it's like around seven fifty now, seven dollars fifty cents mm -hmm. for a month. So that's about eighty probably close to 90 bucks a month yeah um or i'm sorry 90 bucks for a year yeah and then if you're like really invested go to ufc fight pass that's like probably another 10 bucks a month so that's 120 and then just everything factored in like it's expensive to be a fan of mixed martial arts it's a tank of gas mm -hmm. every pay-per-view yep like what why don't you stream it like uh, yeah i that's probably why more people are going towards just streaming it instead of buying it i'm not yeah. gonna buy it like yeah <laughs> i mean i i would stream it if i did if we didn't if i didn't come up with a contract not <laughs> i feel weird saying contractual agreement but if I did, if me and a friend didn't decide to split it up, then I definitely would just be streaming it. Yeah, no, I get that. I so get it's, that. It but it's there. There's only like two other women that I know that like UFC, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And they're not around me. They're right. they're they're in other places, so we don't. But yeah, maybe yeah. next year. I don't know might be next year next year they they need to make it an option where you can more than two people can stream the pay-per-view like if that was possible then it could be a lot cheaper for fans right but enough of our tangent on how bad disney the ufc and dana run pay-per-view buys or Masters. whatever it is <laughs> um <laughs> our first fight of the night was sergey's Vivac beating Greg Hardy. <laughs> I can't even with this fight. I can't either. 
Like Spivak got Greg Hardy on the ground and Greg said, okay, I'm not getting up from this. It was <laughs> like, there, he was like a turtle on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically, as soon as he went to the ground, he went to the fetal position and just stayed there. Not even I would go in the fetal. I'd try. Yeah. And just for comparison, I'm like 138. Mm. I'd still try though. It wasn't even, Spivak wasn't even in a dominant position. I don't get it. And it's just weird how he would fall to the ground too because Spivak would just throw like a simple one two or just a simple one or a simple two and he's like oh don't hurt me anymore maybe he threw that fight he has to go into boxing probably I don't know he can suck it that wasn't even a good throwing performance yeah that, that definitely wasn't a good way to start a pay-per-view. Like, if you're trying to get people to buy your pay-per-view, that definitely was not a good start. Mm. Lame. Uh, I give that fight a big fat F. Oh, yeah. I, it's no, no offense to Spivak because he did pretty well. It's just his opponent. His opponent, what, uh, I'm just going to, put it in as most simple and yeah just as simply as they can greg hardy is ass (laughs) so we can pretty much agree that the greg hardy experiment is over yep i'm never i'm never gonna pick him to win ever again yeah i wait did you pick him to win that fight yes (laughs) Because his highlight film was like a lot better. Well, no, I watched one of his fights. It was a lot better. I don't even know what the fuck he was doing. Why was he in the ring? The octagon. Sorry, I said ring. He's not going to be a good boxer either. Nah, not really. And Um, you know, you know what my first words were? hmm. He has good takedown defense. (laughs) Excuse me. But then I followed up with, but little to no ground game. So clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that we should just call that one a draw because I really think that Hardy threw that fight. There is just no way you could walk into the octagon and be that fucking bad. (laughs) are are you saying that because you want me to gain a point on you no i already gave you the point okay i I already gave you the point i'm just saying that that fight was something was was up something was up you know what i think and here's my theory on it greg hardy only looks good looked good um at that point because he was fighting low competition and i think his dana white contender series fight was against another um nfl player turned mixed martial artist and so it was fairly even on the ground and 
as I can't even explain it, but like once he re- once he fought fighters that have like been in the UFC for a while, ones that are actually experienced, then there, he, there was no way. <clears throat> he he's just gonna like bounce from sport to sport. Oh, if he, he goes probably- to boxing next, he's gonna get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Who's in his weight class? Um, is he a heavyweight? He is a heavyweight. <laughs> But I mean, see, even, no, I mean, even even then, like Hardy struggled making weight as a heavyweight. He's just a ding dong head. Mm-hmm. We can move on. Like, I don't think he would last five seconds in the in the ring with Tyson Fury. I don't he think he'd last, last a second. Dude wouldn't last five seconds in the octagon with me. <laughs> Get your jits on. Three stripe white, three stripe white belt. I mean, all you have to do is just like punch him right in like his in like this face, nose, chin area, and he'll like, no, don't hurt me again. Yeah, and then I get into full mountain armbar his ass just for being dumb. That's what I was hoping. I was hoping that someone would at least submit him. That way we can just see if he if he like holds it and just like either lets the limb break or passes out or if he really like I would change my money if he were um in like a rear naked choke you'd only be in it for two seconds and he would tap yeah he would just tap like yeah I'm not dealing with this so I'm not even gonna try and gut it out Mm -hmm. so yeah um well thank goodness that was Hardy's last fight on his contract so he's probably not coming back good planning yeah UFC is kind of faltered when it's come to these I will I will say this about the whole so you remember the Demetrius Johnson Ben Askren trade right that they Mm -hmm. had Mm -hmm. the UFC definitely lost that one because Demetrius is now doing pretty he's doing fairly well in one and then mm-hmm. Askren only lasted three fights. And his his only win in the UFC was because Herb Dean messed up. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 should, uh, they should cycle through there quicker. Yep. They should cycle through quicker than that. Oh, yeah. Um... Next fight. Kevin Holland and the stripper. <laughs> the stripper known as Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Why? Why? Wait, Why did... I th- I, wait, I thought the stripper was Johnny Walker. That too. They're both strippers. <laughs> how, is, how is Cowboy Oliveira a stripper? Why would you dance like that? I must have missed that then. He, I, th- he was walking out. He was walking down oh, the aisle, I, dancing to his music and hip thrusting. Oh, I must, I missed the hip thrusting part. Well, you know, if you're wearing a cup, don't do that <laughs> because it's gross. Yeah, it's a little too much. 
it's a little too much. And doesn't your thing kind of move around in the cup? Mm-hmm. So you're whacking your cut, whacking your thing against the cup. Yep. What sense does that make? I don't know. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Not I told, fan. I totally didn't see the. Th- I remember the dancing. I do. I don't remember seeing the thrusting part of it. I. Dude, you're in white tight spandex. Don't <laughs> do it. Don't do dancing. <laughs> Um, yeah. And Kevin Holland destroyed him. Yeah. I, I always remember that fight for probably the meme that the new UF, the new MMA meme with him being choked, like not being choked out, but him being in a rear naked choke against Oliveira. And he's just like, <laughs> I know it was awesome. He's like, like I'm okay. <laughs> he was like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> Don't worry, people. I'll get out of this. <laughs> I think I I think I threw a meme on that one too. Um oh geez. Oh dang, I gotta activate my Twitter account now, don't I? Don't do it. Don't do it. You can show <laughs> me later. Yeah. Um <laughs> shoot. Yeah, I'll just show you when I get back on when I reactivate again. Um, yeah. But it was something along the lines of, um, <clears throat> oh, when life keeps screwing you, like um, something about like, when life keeps screwing you over, but you're just rolling with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> it, was some, it was something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a very solid fight. Um, both brought it in a big way in the first rounds. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think once that second round came along, uh, Holland's like, all right, I'm done playing around and just threw ever not through everything at him, but threw hard enough strikes to where Oliver is like, oh, wait a second, this hurts. And he yeah. tries to fight back and then he gets hit again. Like, yep, I'm going down. Right. Yeah. It was just a barrage of, of combinations that were pretty accurate from a striking accuracy standpoint and I knew then that that Kevin Holland is is finishing the job so I thought it was a decent fight I thought there would be more uh leg kicks there because you know those two have a history of of strong leg kicks but you know they changed it up a little bit they did like you know what let's just change things let's just do something different and see how it works. Right. <laughs> Not mad about it at all. No. Um, I, I kind of get tired of leg kicks anyway. Yeah, when you use them a lot, then like, okay, like we know what you're doing. So, right. Right. Uh, but yeah. our, our next fight was like, it, that's the one that started like the, like, if you watch the first two, well, actually, really, if we're real, if we're really honest here, that Oliveira versus Holland fight was probably the best fight on the pay per view card. Mm, yeah, um, it probably this, was. Because this next one, Bryce Mitchell versus Edson Barboza, um, I haven't seen Barboza beaten that badly since he faced Habib. 
what a mismatch mm-hmm. that was. But Bryce, Bryce, um, Bryce Mitchell is a stud. Yeah. His ground game is legit. Yeah, I think it was like the, it was like one of the very first times we really got to see it for a long yeah. period of time. Right. It was it was good. Oh yeah. he, he's good. He's it doesn't it, sometimes when you watch it, it doesn't look like much, but it's mm-hmm. he's jacked. Oh yeah. He just I think I I felt like watching that fight that he has a really high fighter IQ. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were mentioning that um, either on Twitter or during the um, on the broadcast that he has a really good fight IQ and you can definitely oh. see it. See, I don't listen. Sometimes I, I watch, but I don't listen. I more try like listen for like some of the more like what you said about how some of these fights should have been on pay-per-view, but they weren't because people wouldn't watch. I like listen for those kind of things. I don't really right. listen to like like I don't need to hear the one two like I I can see what's happening so mm-hmm. and I have some pretty standard knowledge of especially within the boxing aspect of it right so um but yeah I was looking at the stats and Bryce Mitchell um he outstruck Barboza by 182 to 23 wow that is some activity mm-hmm a lot of activity from Mitchell, not a whole lot from Barboza. I just feel he he's he hasn't been right his last couple of fights. Barboza? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like things changed a lot after that Habib fight because he was like really one fight away from a title fight. Um, mm-hmm. He actually might be one of the and actually, what's really crazy is I don't, I think he might be one of the best fighters to have never fought for the title. And I'm actually going to, I don't think he's ever fought for a title, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was always like close, but just never gets there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look real quick. Uh, wow. Yeah, he has never fought for a title in the UFC. How, how long should you keep guys that can't can't get there um that's a good question so looking at everything um well i guess i'll get everything looking at his um stats since he joined the ufc he joined the ufc back in his first fight was in 2010 and he was six and zero at the time he won his first four fights. His first professional uh, loss was to Jamie Varner at UFC 146. And then he strung three straight wins. And then he lost by submission to Donald Cerrone, the, the original cowboy, if mm-hmm. I may say so. And then he won two in a row. And then he lost to Michael Johnson, had a win against Paul Felder, then lost to Tony Ferguson. Um, Starting to look and see what I'm saying. And then and then he went on a little bit of a streak. He had beat Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, and Daniel Daryush. 
and then he faced Habib, which is probably going to be what the um, which was probably the title eliminator. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we saw he got mauled by Habib. Um, lost to Kevin Lee, beat Dan Hooker. Right. And then he, I think he moved to, oh, he moved to featherweight um, after losses to Justin Gaethje and Paul Felder. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost his featherweight UFC debut in EA. And then he won two in a row, and now he's on a two-fight losing streak, given that his two losses were to Giga Chikadze and Bryce Mitchell. Right. So I think for how long as he's been there, um, sorry, trying to think of my words. For as long as he's been in the UFC, um, I think he's probably going to be just one of those fighters that goes out on his own terms. Right. Um, he is, yeah, he's 36 right now. So I assume he's probably thinking that his career is probably it's pretty much a ticking. Jeez, that sounds wrong saying that. Um, <laughs> that father time is starting to dwindle and yeah. his final minutes in the octagon are just about over. Right. Yeah. I Especially after this loss, I don't see him competing for the featherweight title anytime soon. No. So, it. Guess we'll have to see what goes where they go from there. Um, one big thing. Um, I don't know if you heard that Bryce Mitchell was going to donate his purse to children that are struggling. Um, I don't, know, I don't know if he said Ukraine or if he said also, um, Arkansas. He might have said Arkansas. Yeah, I think it was down south. Yeah, but then Dana, one good thing Dana White does, like, nah, I'm, I'm going to pay it for you. You keep your purse. So the fact that, Bryce, yeah. So, Bryce Mitchell earned that, though. That could, that his performance could have easily been a fight of the night. Mm-hmm. And he's young and up and coming, and I'm sure that we're going to see more of him. And it'll, oh. it's going to be fun. It's oh, going to yeah. be fun watching him move up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see where he stacks up against the top 10 of the featherweight division. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um. Our next fight, which was the co-main between Rafael Dos Anjos and Renato Moicano. Is that right? Thank goodness. Um, was it really a fight or was it a bloodbath? Eh, it was a bloodbath. Okay. Um, RDA, like Moicano, praises for him for stepping in on pretty much three to four days notice but Mm -hmm. you you could just tell that (laughs) you you could tell that there was one fighter that's been preparing for weeks and one guy that had only been preparing for a couple days that's correct that's correct shout out to him for getting his ass beat so badly (laughs) um so actually since we're talking about that um i know you were talking earlier this week you had a question regarding this fight yeah, should this have been a stoppage? I mean, I cannot, for the life of me, the official, 
the official is responsible for the for the safety of the fighters in the ring and he just basically said if i don't see more from you in this round then it's over mm-hmm. that's that's not the way i see these things and how they should be going down right it it was fairly clear that Moicano was not performing well uh-huh. and just getting spanked. Yeah. So, uh, but to his credit, he came back out and he did more. Uh-huh. But it was at that point in time, if you're at round four, you're not going to win. Right. Unless you have a knockout or a submission. And that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've seen f- fights stopped by less. Mm-hmm. Um, goes on with this. Uh, yeah, was because. Good. Was it a pay per view thing? It was just because it was a pay per view that we're going to let it go on like that? I doubt it because they've stopped fights for in similar situations like that and it was a pay-per-view so I don't the way I kind of see it is that I felt like the fight should have been stopped in the fourth round um I do though um with what Mark Goddard said was that if I don't see a whole lot of activity I think he said like 30 seconds or if, for 30 seconds yeah if i don't see a whole lot then i'm ending this fight and i think Moicano took that I'm like yeah i need to start doing something and i think he i know for two judges scorecards Moicano won the fifth round um, sure but he he um blocked rounds one through four with his face <laughs> yep that he did um it kind of, this fight kind of reminded me of the Max Holloway and Brian Ortega title fight back at UFC 231, where the ref decided to stop the fight. Uh, did, I don't know if it was a ref stoppage or a doctor stoppage in the fourth round. I mean, the doctors were like looking at him from rounds at the end of round three and then the end of round four. So I, I, my thought process on it is if you have to bring in the doctor two times during a fight then yeah. you gotta consider that you probably should stop this fight unless it's like a really bad cut like what nate diaz suffered at the third because i don't think a doctor came in for nate diaz until the third round and it was because he had a cut like under his eye to the fact that where okay this yeah. could be really potentially dangerous so in the fight which was probably I felt Nate was coming back in that fight, but it was just such a bittersweet ending to mm-hmm. that BMF title fight. I um, I almost think that a, a fight like we like RDA and Moicano should have just been changed to a three rounder, mm-hmm. and and that was it. I I don't. I didn't see anything from Moicano that would have indicated that he was ready for a five round fight Mm -hmm. against a guy like 
RDA, which I did not know that everybody called him RDA. Yeah. So I'm Mom. using that lingo now, but last week I just was like being all authentic about it. Yeah. I think it's because when you think like, I mean, Rafael dos Anjos is not that difficult, but I think we're in that, we're kind of in that generation where it's every, like everything is short. Like mm -hmm. the, if you can find a way to shorten it, they'll shorten it. Right. Um, but yeah, that fight should not have been a five round fight, especially because initially uh, Dos Anjos' fight with Fizev was supposed to be just a regular three round fight. So I'm not sure why, just because you change opponent, you bump it up to five rounds. Yeah. So I think that was a bad move on the UFC part. Uh, which, um, hold on, I think, yeah. Um, I really don't want to talk about this next fight, but we kind of have to. <sighs> well. I mean, he, Kobe is a trash talker, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. At least he can back it up. Yeah, it's true. Um, Doesn't but, mean I have to like it. Right. But at least he can back it up. I but mean, he, he, he just does it in such a boring way, though. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's, He's going to stay, stay right where he's at for a really long time, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see kind of the same stuff. And maybe that's why he trash talks so much is he's just kind of a boring, boring, boring fighter in, in the octagon. So he has to make his personality better to, right. to overcome it. Yeah, he but. does. Everybody has a shtick. That's his shtick. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Um, Masvidal nearly had him in the fourth round, but because he was just so tired, couldn't yeah. really finish the fight. Couldn't finish. Um, so there's, other than that, there's not a whole lot to say except for Colby just wrestles you to the point where you're exhausted and then just cruises on the victory yeah yeah and credit to Masvidal I mean I thought I I picked him to win because I wanted him to win probably more than what I thought he would win and he lasted five rounds though I mean give the guy credit he just is like so mentally tough mm -hmm. so it's it's impressive yeah i just think for masvidal i think he i mean he said i think he said in his octagon interview after the fight was over is that he just not that he missed uh not i want to say mistake um he underestimated the um the whole wrestling aspect of it like he was just off because i mean Jordan even said that Masvidal does really good at scrambling out when it comes to takedowns, and we mm -hmm. saw that with the first takedown, how he like got up right away, but then Colby just 
jumped right in there and took him down again. Just that relentless pressure. And I think if Masvidal works a little bit more on his cardio, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and then he, you know, getting hit in the back of the head probably doesn't help things. Maybe I needed the groin, a p- eye poke. You know, there were some dirty stuff going on mm-hmm. in the octagon. Now, I'm not going to blame it on that. Right. But I'm just saying. Yeah, there was, um, I saw the groin, I saw the eye poke. Um, I I do remember a little bit of the punch, the punches to the back of the head. So yeah, it seemed like, it seemed like Colby was, it, while it didn't look like it, he looked like it was, um, he was emotionally, emotionally, emotionally invested in this fight in a negative way, but he's just kind of lucky that it didn't end up, I think he was emotionally negatively invested into it but he didn't like go like swinging because right. I, I think he, he knew uh Masvidal could probably knock him out if he just decides to swing wildly and he mm-hmm. stuck to his wrestling and because he knew that Masvidal while he can scramble out of it like just relentless pressure will lower his cardio a bit definitely definitely uh, but that's all I've got. Um, oh, um, the so I know we you had a fight to watch and I had a fighter to watch. So uh-huh. let us tell the wonderful listeners how our fight or fighter did did on this card. Well, I thought my fight to watch was the fight to watch. He in in the prelims. Uh, I think it lived up to uh, our expectations. Turner just did, he's, he's fantastic. Malarkey took the beating. And I think those guys gave it their all. It was really good. It was really technical and, and pretty evenly matched. And I, I really enjoyed that fight. I, I um, still think it was for me, it was the the fight to watch, although the the women's straw weight was was equally as good. So, you know, at first I thought, ah, oh, maybe maybe the straw weight fight was better, but <laughs> so I think I think they were both good. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Definitely when. To close out the prelims was definitely A plus material. Mm-hmm. So my fighter to watch was Marina Moros, and mm-hmm. she had quite the performance. Um, victory via an arm and triangle choke in the second round, which I will say is probably my throat cuddle of the night. Ooh, um, definitely one of them. It was one, one of the very few, but it was definitely a very awesome submission. Um, she ended up winning performance of the night, so she got those 50 Ds, mm-hmm. which I think will go a long way because her she had a very emotional Octagon interview when talking about her home country and what's going on yeah. in Ukraine right now. Um, I know 
on her Instagram, she, and I think I mentioned this um, last week, that she's raising her goals, I think $300,000 for the children in Ukraine. And as, of, oh, I forgot I don't have Instagram right now. <laughs> um, oh, I should, I probably could still look it up. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could still look it up. So ah ha ha I found it she oh does it not say it does not say oh yeah I'm in trouble <laughs> I should have been prepared um last I checked if I can remember she had raised a little over two hundred thousand dollars I want to say it was close to two hundred fifty thousand dollars at this point um, out of the 300,000 um, for the children in Ukraine. Wow, it's pretty so, impressive. Be- yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, I-, I have no doubt, probably some of those 50 Gs from her performance bonus is going to probably go towards that as well. Yeah, probably. So, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. what's up? So, um, Sorry, I was trying to think of something as far as like future plans, but we will worry about that later. But I, I, I do want to know <laughs> how our standings are going so far. Well, Ty, if I may, uh, you are at 27 wins and 23 losses, and I'm at 23 wins and 27 losses. Oh, no. I mean, yay for me, but oh, no, for you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's any consolation, this next card, um, looking at it, it's... It's a crapshoot. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a crapshoot. It's going to be really good or really bad. Yeah, I, know. I have no idea. I, you know, we know some of these fighters. We've watched them uh, and podcasted them. And then some are just like these mysteries. Right. And I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Um, although I will say on the prelims, even though we won't get a chance to discuss this fight, but the lady that made the throat cuddles portion of this possible is fighting, uh, Jillian Robertson, who is yeah. stepping in on short notice. Yeah. I think she's the second to last fight on the prelims. There's, a, there's, there's two sets of women's fights on this one. Oh, who was, I want to see, I remember who the other one is, but I can't remember. So the other one is... Wait a minute. Santos versus Ankalov. Uh, the other one is Mazo versus Maverick. Oh, Miranda Maverick? Yeah. Nice. She's favored. She's and favored to win. Wait, is it Sabrina? Hmm? Is her opponent Sabrina? Mazo. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember who that is now. This, the main card's like the Brazilian card. <laughs> A bunch of Brazilians on here. 
Americans fighting Americans, Brazilians fighting Brazilians or Russians. A Brazilian fighting a Russian. Yeah. Um, so do you want to kick us off with the first fight on the main, on the main card? Um, yeah. No, I don't, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? You won't, but you will. Which one is it going to be? It's, I will. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, and I should be more excited about this fight, right? Because it's the middleweights uh, <laughs> with Alex Pereira, Pereira, and um, Bruno Silva. Yep. Silvo. Yeah, no, Silva. Yep, Silva. And we have two guys that is kind of a, their stats are, are really interesting because Bruno Silva um has uh lands more significant strikes mm -hmm. yet the striking accuracy isn't as good um they're kind of evenly matched although Pereira Pereira has uh, a long a five inch reach advantage which is pretty nice mm -hmm. um he seems to his style is to uh he just doesn't throw loose cannons out there. You know, he's right. very tactical, tactical about it. I actually have him uh, winning um, because I just feel like even though Bruno Silva is, has more fights under his belt um, than, than Alex does, I feel like Alex is coming in as a little bit better fighter. Mm -hmm. So I'm, he's my pick. Okay. Um, pretty much everything that you said is everything that I wrote down as well. And on that note, I will agree with you. And I think Alex Perea gets the victory over Bruno Silva for pretty much everything that you had said. Silva, despite being a veteran, I think Perea is a up-and-coming prospect who could turn into a real contender in the middleweight division. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Perea is one of the very few fighters who has defeated Andrew, uh, I almost say Anderson Silva, who has defeated Israel Adesanya. Mm -hmm. That dude is tall, too. He's 6'4". Mm -hmm. that's like ginormous oh yeah but that's part of why i like the middleweights mm -hmm. because they're big but they're not chubby right yeah they got some muscle that's a muscle there yeah they're like tight ends in the football world yep exactly man imagine rob gronkowski fighting in the middleweight division i would like to see rob gronkowski get beat up <laughs> i don't think he would do it though to be honest he's he's probably too nice too friendly yeah yeah um trying to think what's next oh uh drew dober versus terrence mckinney which that fight was put together after ricky glenn pulled out um it was put together last friday actually and so it's completely 
Ooh, everything just changed. So I really don't have a whole lot on it, to be honest. It, the the film um, of both of these guys is um, interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. I know Dober is the has the odds the the win. I think though for me there's something about Terrence McKinney that that I really uh, kind of appreciate as a fighter. Mm-hmm. He um, first of all I love the fact that he can he can switch from orthodox to southpaw and, and back because um, I think it allows him to to use the strengths of the um the the punches that he's throwing uh-huh. so he can throw power I think the the punches tend to be more powerful when you're a switch um yeah when you switch back and forth um I he has a reach advantage. He doesn't land as many strikes um, as as I kind of would like to see, but the ones that he does are very very accurate, and he's good at takedowns. So I think that he's. It, it feels like to me he's the more rounded fighter of the two. Um, but I don't know. I I haven't really watched. You know, I I watched some of their previous fights, but nothing kind of live, live action recently. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, I did pick Terrence McKinney. Okay. I usually, when I usually uh, pick against the odds, I lose, but that doesn't stop me. And it shouldn't stop you. <laughs> um, yeah, you're actually right. We haven't really seen either one of these fighters in a while. I know, especially for Drew Dober, I don't think I've seen him in a hot minute, if I do say so myself. Um, McKinney, I feel like I saw him maybe towards the end of last year. So this mm-hmm. would be his first fight of 2022. Um, of course, McKinney is known. He holds the record for the fastest uh, finish in lightweight history. Mm-hmm. Um, at seven seconds, um, it pretty much was over before it started. Um, I think, um, I don't know what I think anymore, honestly. <laughs> it's such a blank canvas. Um, I just think. As good as Drew Dober is, I think McKinney is going to be just a little too much for him. And so I will be in ingredients with you as with this one as well. And I think Terrence McKinney gets the victory. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it really is a, a mystery. But I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, some of it is I don't care for Dober's fighting style very much. I mean, he's just like this guy that can't close his arms together because his muscles are too big and therefore he can't throw strikes right. (laughs) He kind of like throws strikes like a bear. (laughs) Um, 
T-Rex. Well, I wouldn't say T-Rex arms, but it, it's when it's he throw, when he when he punches, it's like he has a ball that's in between his arms. <laughs> oh yeah, it does a little bit. I don't know how to describe it. I think it's a fair, excellent, or it's a accurate visual. So. <laughs> Go with that. Yeah. Um, I have next Khalil Roundtree versus Carl Robertson. Oh man. Uh, I mean, Gosh. I think this is like one of the very few fights that's pretty much out of pick 'em. So it's really anyone's guess who wins this fight. Um, Robertson is stalled on the grounds, and Roundtree has he's been up and down a little bit. Like he does really well, and then he just falls down. Then he gets back up again, and then falls down. Right. Um, he's a really good striker. Um, Robertson's pretty decent at striking, but he is more known for his ground game. Mm-hmm. Um, not really much between these two because I feel like. These two like will do really well and then like sink down below. Um, so, given the information that I have seen, I think this one's gonna play to its true word and it's gonna go. I think it does go the distance, but I think Robertson's gonna do just enough to get the victory. Yeah, I think he will too, and I think that he has. Uh... I think he, well, I guess I say this all the time, but I always will tend to give it to a more well-rounded fighter because they have so many things in their arsenal that they can, they can pull out and use against somebody that, that's not as, not as skilled. And so I I'm leaning towards Robertson because I think that he is that guy and he will just have a, a leg up against Roundtree. So that's really all I'm going on in this fight um, because statistically they're both pretty, pretty close mm-hmm. height weight wise. They're pretty close. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Leave it Robertson, it is. Robertson, it is. And check. Check. <laughs> um, circle and then T. <laughs> I always circle my picks and then put a T next to yours. Nice. And then whoever wins gets a check mark. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Um, our next one is Sodiq Youssef versus Alex Casteris. I think I got that right. Woo. Um, I don't know why I put winner could be placed in the top 10. Oh, oh close to the top 10. I thought it said winner could be placed in the top 10, but I don't even think either one of these fighters are ranked right now. I don't think so. Um, I remember Youssef, I think he made his... I believe he made his UFC debut the one time I went to a UFC event, the one in Philadelphia. Oh, oh wow. 
actually in three weeks it'll have been three years since I went to that event crazy time flies he is quite the striker Mm -hmm. holy cow and then you have the jumbled mess the jumbled mix of striking in (laughs) Kacheri what's his name Caceres Caceres I mean I don't think this is a good matchup for him (laughs) yeah I think he's gonna lose (gasps) yeah because I feel like Caceres could surprise but I but Yusef is just a really good striker and Caceres is kind of known a little bit for trying to take you down and mm-hmm. Yusef, I'm going to knock because I said Masvidal, we all said Masvidal was good on the takedowns and every time yeah. we say someone's good on the takedowns they end up getting taken down a lot. Right. Uh, so I am in agreement with you for the time, or I'm agreeing with you now and I think Yusef gets the victory as well. Yeah. And then uh, we have Marlon Marias. Uh, Marlon Marias. Oh, good. I think you should say it. <laughs> Marlon Marias versus probably the funnest name to say in the UFC, Song Yedong. Heck yeah, my <laughs> man. Yep. I love Song Yedong. Always what? Why did I say always? Um, yeah. What's what's not to love about the guy? He's savage. Oh yeah, heck uh, of a striker. Yeah, and this is really his big chance to make a name for himself in this bantamweight division. Indeed, Lee, and I hope he does. I I really appreciate his fighting style is nice feints he's fast he's got good elbow strikes I mean he's really really a good striker he we mostly see him in in that type of position but he can do some takedowns and get some submissions he's he's good he's savage oh yeah call him Song Savage Adong. Love it. Does he have a nickname? I I don't think so. I think he's just Savage it is. (laughs) Marlon, on the other hand, Um, good balance. It's I don't think it's official, but apparently it says other names, the Kung Fu Monkey. Ooh, I I can't. Yeah, I think Savage is a little bit better. Yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, Song, the Kung Fu Monkey, a dog. Yeah, that doesn't ring. That doesn't ring. Well, if you're going to, oh, yeah, I can't, nah. So. It's not in the, it's not the language I speak. (laughs) (laughs) so um wow uh permission to change so are you given permission to change his name to savage yes okay 
permit. We'll, we'll, just, we'll even eliminate the song part of it and just call him Savage Yudong. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, you see, you were talking a little bit about uh, Marlon Marias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, I'm, I'm actually picking this as my fight to watch okay. because Marlon is a pretty good striker himself. He's a stacked dude. He has really great balance. Um, I think though, where he it could get caught with a striker like um, Savage, that's got a pretty good um, striking accuracy and strikes at like all angles. Mm -hmm. Marlon tends to lean forward on his strikes and that bothers me a little bit because it's yep. just setting yourself up for, for a knockout. He is also one of those guys that when I see him throwing punches, he looks like he's kind of got a ball in between his arms and he's trying to, to, to punch and Right. I think that limits your striking ability a little bit because um, it's not a regular arsenal of, of punches. It's not like jabs and everything's a hooker, hooker across <laughs> with, with guys like that. So I do pick Savage Udong to, to win this bout. I think that he is too skilled. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we talked about Yi Jong emerging as a legit contender. Um, Marias is, it's funny because about three years ago, almost three years ago, he was fighting for the vacant um, UFC Bantamweight title. Mm -hmm. And ever since that loss, he's been kind of, I mean, he's had some good moments, but they've mostly been way down there. Yeah. Um, he's um, He actually has lost his last three fights via a knockout or a technical knockout. Ooh. So that's not good, especially going up against the guy who is known to knocking you down and doing the good old ground and pound or just mm -hmm. knocking you flat on your face. Um, so and again, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to say Song Savage Dong wins. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, we have our main events. Um, excuse me. We have Tiago Santos versus Magomed Ankano. Sorry, I'm going to try to see if I can do this pronounce it properly. Magomed Ankalaev. There we go. Yeah. Uh, light heavyweights. Light heavyweights. Um, the winner of this one will probably be at least a fight or two away from competing for the title. Ankalaev mm -hmm. um, is very skilled and an up and coming. <laughs> I wrote and coming and up. I definitely was not thinking. I wrote it. I was supposed to say up and coming. Um, <laughs> Santos ended his three fights um, 
three fight losing streak against Johnny Walker's last time out. Mm -hmm. uh, Santos has heavy hands, but we haven't seen much of it. I think he's still trying to get a hold of like or say like he had that huge war with John Jones back in 20 I think it yeah it was 2019 I believe mm -hmm. or maybe it was 2018 um, I feel like it was not that long ago was it 2018 I don't remember when it was um I know it was for international I think it was one of the last international fight weeks before the world got shut down. Um, but having to learn how to walk again after ACL, was it ACL, MCL, just a whole bunch of damage to his knees during that fight. And the fact that he still powered through and nearly uh, dethroned John Jones was crazy in its own. Um, I think uh, this fight, it's really going to depend on where it goes. If it stays standing, I'm giving Tiago Santos a chance to win this fight. Um, even though Uncle Live has really good um, stand-up ability himself. But if it does go to the ground, I give advantage to Uncle Live. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because he's Again, like a very well-balanced fighter. Um, he's quite on a streak. Um, this one was really hard to pick, but if I had to, if you were to give me a dart and I absolutely had to throw it and hit something, I'm going to go Uncle Live on this fight. Oh, for this fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to get... Um... I like Santos as, as a fighter and he throws out a really nice variety of combinations, which, which I appreciate, but I think that Magomed is a striker with a great jab. A lot of power on that jab comes from the shoulder, which can can be a stunner especially if uh, another fighter is advancing at you or, or putting a lot of pressure on you um, I really uh, like his accuracy as well and he's one of the few fighters that I've seen throw a front kick knockout nice which cool stuff because you're when you do a front kick, you're actually kicking with the ball of your foot. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. It's hard yeah. to get that much power. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, I yeah. I am also picking um Magomed okay. to win. Sounds good. So we're we're gonna yeah, be eating think, after this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't. Yeah, it's like we can't quite update. I mean, the only thing we'll be able to update on the standings is that everything's gonna pretty much stay the same in a sense. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So we do have one question 
from the FKTC forum. If you're ready to listen. I am. Um, Our uh, our question, I know what drew a blank there, comes from our good friend, Cakes. Cakes, 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 cakes. Here we go. Hey friends, this is Cakes. I have a really odd question about 272. Um, just curious, who would you want to do a throat cuddle with on the main card and a front kick with on the main card? Like who would you want to like totally take out, you know, by knockout and who would you totally want to take out by submission? Hope you're both doing good and looking forward to the answer. Bye. Bye. Well, I didn't realize that I, we had to pick fighters from the 272 card because my, one of my answers was not on the 272 card. So yeah. I can definitely switch it up and uh, give it my thoughts. It should be easy, right? It should be easy for you. Oh, it's definitely easy for me now that I know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will let you go first. Okay, so if I could throat cuddle anybody on that card... I would throat cuddle Hardy for just being dumb. <laughs> so I just choke him out with a rear naked choke. Okay. And he would just choke out. Wouldn't he probably even tap? He'd just lose consciousness. Yep. Because that's the kind of fight he threw that night. <laughs> uh, and then who would you front kick? I don't know. Probably Spivak. <laughs> okay. I just didn't like that fight very much. I just thought it was <laughs> uninteresting and boring. So I'd I'd throat cuddle one of them and front kick the other. Right. <laughs> two good, two solid choices. I think um, it's solid. <laughs> um. So my throat cuddle is gonna be the same as yours. I would choke Greg Hardy out. um just the satisfaction of just like because like uh, i don't know just watching him like struggle a bit would be interesting to watch in my opinion um especially if i if i could do an arm bar to the point where like okay you're not tapping then this is this is for reasons why a lot of people don't like Greg Hardy, which I won't repeat. And then just like pull back as hard as I can and just, it sounds mean, but just hope that I hear something as I pull it back. <laughs> wow, that, that, that one. Nickname you, Savage. <laughs> well, Got to collect some arms somehow. I know it. Um, for my front kick, is there any other? Uh, is there any other option? Yeah, has, I know what you're gonna say. I already know it. It has to be Colby Covington. It has to be, which is why I didn't choose him for my front kick, because I wanted to give you the satisfaction. I mean, just. Because I don't think we, I mean, he's been, he was TKO'd by Kamara Usman, but that wasn't really a, that was just more of like the Mark Goddard just stepping in because he wasn't intelligently defending himself. That wasn't a true knockout. 
like if I really like the greatest satisfaction ever would just be a walk-off KO on Colby Covington would just no here something even better walk-off KO him with his face down and ass up on the can on the (laughs) just him like sitting there like with his face down and like just bottom up in the air like if if I were to knock him out that way I just like I'm satisfied and just walk away his arms have to be down at his sides though by like his arms have to his wrists almost have to be touching his ankles like that kind of knockout yeah that would be perfect (laughs) and then just see like I just look at the ref like he's done like I think just shattering his jaw and (laughs) him in that position like he he, I think that's going to be enough embarrassment because the UFC the MMA community is going to meme that so for the next 10 years so I'm good I'm just gonna go collect my paycheck and go home (laughs) wow so those are our choices for our who we would front kick and throat cuddle from UFC 272 Thank you, Cakes, for a very unique and awesome question. Thanks, Cakes. <laughs> Sadly, that is it for our forum. And so now we can get into our topic of the week. Um, probably be a very short one. Um, yeah. I was thinking, especially because the last two events we saw, um, like, you know, Israel Adesanya is the top dog in the middleweight division. Mm-hmm. He's using as an example. And then Whitaker is number two, but Whitaker dominates everyone, not Israel Adesanya. We kind of have that. I think we're starting to run into that same problem here at welterweight, where Kamara Usman is the dominant champion and Chaos is the number one contender, where Chaos is defeating everyone but Kamara Usman. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 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 this is going to be a little bit of a bold take, but I kind of see it also in the women's flyweight division where Valentina Shevchenko is the dominant champion. Um, and now with Jessica Andrade pop, moving back to strawweight. Um, and other than her loss to Jessica Andrade, Kaylin Jugakian has beaten everyone in front of them, in front of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... When you're dealing with dominant champions and fairly dominant number one contenders, I guess, or the next person up. So in a sense, if Israel Adesanya, Kamara Usman, and uh, Valentina Shchenko weren't as dominant, weren't champions, you could probably see a situation where Robert Whitaker and uh, Colby Covington um, and then Caitlin Chigigian would probably be the champions. Um, how would you, I guess the, I guess the topic of discussion is how could we handle divisions that have such dominating champions and number one contenders who have beaten everyone around them, but were either dominated or lost twice to the champ themselves? It's 
it's a good it's a good question but one that in my mind is a little hard to to think about because we don't have that many new and upcoming fighters that are ready to to take those leaps mm-hmm. and unless your top fighter retires then you know how how does that work you have to have it's it's a weird it's a weird deal it's kind of like a um I'm trying to phrase this correctly, but it's kind of like a football team or a basketball roster where you have to have really good guys on your bench mm-hmm. so that the, the guys out on the floor have a good way to practice. Right. So unless you have those guys in the middle that are kind of, top rank or that are skilled guys you have to have that a ladder to climb and that involves beating all of them right does that make sense i don't know if that makes sense but you you have to have some guys that are really good that are never going to be top five or champions Mm -hmm in order to find guys below them that can move up the ladder to, to fight right. the top five. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. But everybody's beatable, right? Right, everyone's beatable. We, we, we saw it with Amanda Nunes a couple months ago. Right, and so I don't know if you do anything with them. Just have why them. Can't they, why can't they be two or three times? champions right someone eventually will come along mm-hmm. i just don't know where those that pool of people is right or are mm-hmm. i don't know where they are yeah um so for i guess for fighter especially when it comes to israel Asanya, you pretty much have to have the perfect game plan when it comes to beating him I mean, Jan Bohovic kind of showed everybody what it takes to um, get Izzy off his game and it's basically take him down and just create pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Usman, he's been, he's just been on a tear for so long. It's kind of hard to remember like what his weaknesses actually are. I think he only has one loss on his, in his entire career and it was early on. And so it's basically... And he's another one of those fighters that are just, like, he wrestles you, but we kind of saw in the fight against Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal that he has really worked on his striking, too, so that he's more balanced. And you pretty much have to, he's the one that you basically have to have the perfect game plan in order to beat him. Right. Um, Shevchenko is basically the same. Like, you can try to strike with her, and she will knock you out or at least TKO you into oblivion, you can try to take her down and she can submit you fairly easily as well. Um, so yeah, it's very tricky. Um, I mean, the number one contenders don't have a whole lot to go off of. Um, I mean, we just saw 
Kaylin Jugakian have to fight Jennifer Maya for a second time because there wasn't a whole lot of um, fresh competition in front of her. Right. Um, and Colby, having already lost twice to Kamara Usman, he's basically probably going to be somewhat of the number one contender gatekeeper, which basically you have to beat him if you want to challenge Kamara Usman. And same thing with Whitaker. If you want to challenge Israel Asanya, you have to pretty much go through Whitaker first. Um, but hopefully, especially in that welterweight division, there is one name out there that is that could very well compete for the title and beat Colby Covington. Why did you have to say that? What beat Colby Covington? Because I because I have a feeling he can. I'm fairly confident that this man can. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to jinx it, but there I think there's a guy out there that can beat him. Say it, jinx it. No, I'm not jinxing it. <laughs> you gotta jinx it. No, because then we won't have our meme. We won't have yeah. our FKTC meme going on. Okay. Um, I don't jinx it. Plus, I like him. So. Yeah. I want to see him do well. Okay. I got but you. Maybe I'll say it after we're done recording so that way it's not out in the podcast world. No, no, I know who you mean. So you don't have to tell me. Okay. You don't have to tell me. It's okay. okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this actually episode ran a little bit longer than I thought. So I am out of things to talk about we're chatty kathy sometimes we are and sometimes that's okay just gotta be careful sometimes um, yeah. but well hopefully our five listeners will listen to this <laughs> well i'll work on trying to get more it's just once i return from my twitter hiatus will be a little bit later. it'll be fine it'll be fine Plus, we have, we always have like really good guests too. That's like something unique to us because not a lot of MMA podcasts have guests. They yeah. also like will interview the fighters, but we like to interview the fans, the podcast co hosts. We like to hear from them, although we do want to get a fighter at some My guy, Romero Cotton, is supposed to be fighting again. He backed out of his last fight, but he's supposed to be fighting. So. That'll be exciting if he finally gets to fight. Does he have a date for it yet? Um, I think it's next weekend. Okay. I'm not sure, though. Very nice. But a bunch of our fighters from the gym are fighting next weekend, but I'll be in Indianapolis. So uh, I'm sad yep. to miss that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. I mean, there's always other fights. Wait, can you, wait, you can't stream the fight, can you? Um, well, their, their fights would be during basketball games. So I'm not gonna, yeah, you can stream them. There's a cost to stream them or stream them, uh, because that money goes to the fighters, you know, like a ticket. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, good luck to your teammates. 
I hope they win. I hope they win too. It's Hayden and Jeremy and who else is fighting? We have another guy fighting. Oh, it's not Rudy. Rudy. Oh, Delfino. Oh, I, I haven't name. seen Delfino fight. He's he's pretty good. Nice. So, yeah, I'm excited. I love our guys' fighting style because we train at a really high pressure gym, so mm -hmm. there's high pressure. I bet. Like we're 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 trained to do that. So, anywho, that's all I have. <laughs> I got so nothing else. Nebraska basketball lost tonight. Oh, boo. I know. Sad face. Are they, they're not, are they eligible for the tournament? Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> oh, that bad, huh? No. They've been kind of on a tear in the Big Ten. They beat in uh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You know what they oh, were yelling? You know what Wisconsin was yelling? Hmm. Fuck they Nebraska. Yelling? Fuck Nebraska. Uh, they were yelling it in their stadium. This, this, this. Terrible sportsmanship. Definitely. And then we beat them. <laughs> yeah. They probably only said that because they lost to them. Like they chanted at football games too. Ah. Dumb jerks. Wait. I don't, I don't get what Wisconsin has against Nebraska. I don't I don't get I don't get why you would say I don't know. Yeah. Very peculiar. But if you have any questions, any voice questions, of course the mm -hmm. forum doesn't open until pay-per-views now, at least until we gain it solved following. But we're always open for any kind of questions you have, any suggestions you have. Um, you still have to name Laurel's chickens, which I still get to get any names except for Jordan's. So <laughs> y'all are lame for that. But if you do have a name for a chicken, you can reach us at our podcast page at FKTC pod or reach us individually. Um, given that you provide safe for work content, you can reach Laurel at Rain Basin. And you can reach me at TieFlyGuy15. Um, when I come back, that is. Um, thinking coming back right before the tournament starts. So I'm thinking Selection Sunday, I'll be back. Nice. Um, but until then, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks, protect your throats from my throat cuddles. And what is our number one golden rule? Don't leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Never do that. Um, and then, so next week we're gonna cover. We're gonna cover our first fight, our first um, shoot, our first fight night that is not in Vegas. Whoa! Uh, the next UFC fight night is between. Let me double check. We have, as it stands right now, the main event is Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. 
and it is going to be in London. So, Crazy. yeah, the first that actually is the first UFC event outside of the US since, oh, geez, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Since two, oh, since um, UFC Fight Night, um, Abu Dhabi. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. We did have fights in Abu Dhabi. How did I forget that? Oh, I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking, um, the whole the Brazil card between oh. Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira, uh-huh. but yeah, so so strike that. So we have covered fights in Abu Dhabi. So our fir- the first fight that we get to cover that are based in, that are going to be covered in London. Let's go with that. Should Obviously, we talk with an accent? Do you have a strong British accent? No, but I can make one up. All right, I'll try to make one up as well. but until then we will see you all next week bye